Hey everyone, welcome back to Money on a Mission, episode two. Today we're going to talk about a proper understanding of money. Let's get started. With all the challenges money brings, how can we manage our finances in a way that aligns with our values? To answer this question, I've looked to mentors, books, and most importantly, the Bible. Join me as we seek to glorify God and love others in the way we manage our finances. This is Money on a Mission. All right, welcome back. I'm excited for today's show. We're going to talk about what is money, what money is not, how to have a proper understanding of money, and what that means for us in our lives. First and foremost, I know it sounds basic, but let's just look at a definition. Money is an exchange of value. It's a means of trade, which means in and of itself, it's actually worthless. It's just good for what it can buy. I know that sounds pretty basic, but it's an important reminder as we dig into a bunch of these verses on money. So there's plenty that money can do. It can buy you food, provision, shelter. It can buy you security. And we'll cover all this stuff in later episodes, especially when we talk about how to use your money on the right mission. But for today, it's pretty important to start with the things that money can't do, just so we can put money in its proper place in our minds. All right, so let's get right into it. First, money cannot be taken with you when you die. There's plenty of verses on this, and I'll put them all in the show notes. But one that I think sums it up the best is Psalm 49, 16 through 19. It says, Be not afraid when a man becomes rich when the glory of his house increases. For when he dies, he will carry nothing away. His glory will not go down after him. For though while he lives, he counts himself blessed. And though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go down to the generation of his fathers, who will never see the light. So if you're thinking you can carry all that stuff with you, and the better you do in this life, the better you're going to do in the next, we need to rethink that. Money's going to stay in this earth. So what's far more important is where we're going after. So to all those Egyptian mummies buried with pounds and pounds of gold, sorry, you don't actually get to keep that. It's staying in the dirt and it's staying in your grave. So make sure that you're oriented properly to the spiritual life and to the heaven after this life, as opposed to just piling up gold for yourself in this life. All right, the next thing that money cannot do is it can't save you from judgment. Zephaniah 1.18 says, Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of the wrath of the Lord. So when Jesus comes back and he takes us up to heaven, he's going to look at each one of our lives. We're going to stand before him and give an account. And he will execute his righteous judgment on us. And if you think you can show up and say, Hey, I'd like to buy my ticket into heaven, please. Unfortunately, that's not going to cut it. So we also need to make sure that we have this in mind when we're living our lives because it's far more important to be living the right way, to be living for Jesus, than it is to be piling up money. Okay, the next thing that money can't do. It cannot buy anything spiritual, only material. There's a great example of this in the book of Acts. It's a bit of a long read, but I think it's worth it. So let's get going. Acts 8, 18 through 22. Now, when Simon saw that the spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, 
saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands can receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. So Simon says, that's pretty cool. I want the Holy Spirit. Here's a bunch of money. Peter not only says, it doesn't work that way, but he also says, this is a sin. You need to repent of thinking that you can buy it with money. So just like the other two things money can't do, we need to remember this when we're living our lives and know that the Holy Spirit comes through faith in Jesus, not through piling up money. Okay, so far on this podcast about money, we've said money is worthless in and of itself. It's only good for what it can buy. You can't take it with you when you die. It can't save you from judgment and it can't buy anything spiritual. You guys are like, great, I tuned into a podcast to learn about money, and so far all he's said is it's worthless. Yeah, it's kind of silly on episode one of a podcast about money, but it's so important to understand what it actually is and what it can and can't do. So because of all these things, we need to remember that money is really an idol, and money is vanity. So let's start with an idol. Psalm 135, verse 15 through 18. It says, the idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths, but do not speak. They have eyes, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear, nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. So money is an idol. It's worthless. It doesn't speak. It doesn't move, doesn't have ears. It doesn't breathe. And we need to know that this thing that can sometimes have so much power in this world is really just an idol that people chase after. If we approach it with the right heart, we can find so much more value in God's plan for us in our money. Next, money is vanity. For this reason, it's in uh, Ecclesiastes. Solomon writes in chapter 2, verses 8 and 11. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasures of kings and provinces. Okay, interject here. Remember, this is the King Solomon who prayed for wisdom and God said, your wish has been granted. And also I will give to you greater riches than ever seen before in this world. And then from all over, people brought in silver, gold, and provision for the building of the temple. So Solomon was one of the wealthiest people in history. And so as he writes, I have gathered silver and gold. He's not just saying like, I have a nice house and a nice neighborhood. This is one of the richest men ever to have existed. Okay, jumping back in verse 11, he says, Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil that I had expanded in doing it. And behold, it was vanity and a striving after the wind. The richest dude in the world says it's all vanity. It's all striving after the wind. It's not actually worth anything. Here's a guy who properly understood money and had it in the right place. He writes also in chapter 5, verse 10, He who loves money will not be satisfied with it, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. Again, richest guy in the world says you won't be satisfied. If you're striving after that next promotion or that next paycheck, and you're thinking, that's when I'll finally be happy, when I can finally have that house, when I can finally live in this place or have 
that expensive vehicle, whatever it is, the richest man in history says, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money. Where can we be satisfied? Jesus. This podcast is all about money, but only in its proper context. Everything that we've talked about so far, money can't go with you. It can't save you from judgment. It can't buy anything spiritual. It's a worthless idol and it's vanity. All of these things need to be understood before we go any further. And that's why, even though it sounds crazy to start a podcast on money with bashing money as worthless and meaningless, we need to know this. As we go on and as we dig into everything else, how to use our money, what it can do, we need to remember that it is nothing, nothing without Jesus. We need to know Jesus first. We need to have God in his proper place in our mind and in his proper place in our life. Only then can we find a place for money later on. So if you've never met the Lord, if you've never prayed for Jesus in your heart, maybe this little podcast on money can actually have an influence on you in that area. Start there. Start with the gospel. Start with Jesus. Accept him into your life. Accept his forgiveness and follow him. Then once we've done that, we can move on and learn what the Bible says about everything else, specifically here about money. Okay. If we are in the right place with the Lord, and if we've read through these verses and gained a proper understanding of what money is not, how should we respond? I think there's two cases. First, if you don't have much money or don't have any money, don't worry, because the best things in life can be attained without it. What you can have in this life is salvation and everything else that is better than money that you can take with you that will play a role in your evaluation before the Lord and that can have an influence in your spiritual life. So if you don't have much, remember Luke 12, 15. One's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. You can have an abundant life without money possessions. The second case is if you do have a lot, Remember, it isn't actually worth anything. It can buy great things in this life. It can do a lot and you can use it to bless people and to do many amazing things. We'll cover that later on. But for now, make sure to avoid the temptation of loving that money itself. I think it can be so tempting for people to get caught up in the money itself or watch the number in your bank account and get joy and pleasure out of seeing that number grow. If that joy and pleasure is connected to knowing all the amazing blessings that you are able to give because of that, that's one thing. But being obsessed with or being in love with the number itself can really lead us away from what God wants us to be doing with our money. All right. Now that we've established what it is and what it can't do, let's look at what the Bible says about how we should orient our hearts with respect to money. This part is a little challenging, but it's so good. So we're going to make sure that we take the time to understand what the word has to say about it. It's also incredibly important because if we get it wrong, we could end up like the people in Revelation 3 verse 17, which says, For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind and naked. This is important. We need to get this right. 
We do not want to be rich, but actually wretched, poor, blind, and naked. So let's jump in. Here is where we dig into those verses that you've probably heard a hundred times in church. Bear with me if you've heard this over and over. I'm going to try to look at it in a new light because for me, reading through the Bible in its entirety, it's the connection of these verses that really stuck out to me. All right, so let's start with one of the big ones. Matthew 19, 23 through 24. Truly I say to you, only with great difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. This is one that I heard all the time growing up. It's harder for a rich person to get into heaven than a camel through the eye of a needle, which is obviously impossible. So if money is simply vanity, if it's worthless like we've established, then what makes it so hard for a rich person to get into heaven? This, I think, is explained in 1 Timothy 6.10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from their faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So it's the love of money that becomes the challenge for the rich man to enter heaven. The love of money, kind of like we talked about being obsessed with the number or the bank account as opposed to what it can do. It's not the money itself that doesn't allow the rich man to enter heaven. It's the love of money. So why does the love of money cause evil? Or why does the love of money restrict the rich man from getting into heaven? Because it chokes out truth. This is best explained through the parable that Jesus tells on the sower of the seeds. In this parable, a sower spreads seeds and they all land in different places. Some produce good fruit and others die through various ways. It's mentioned in each gospel, but I'll read it from Mark 4. Other seeds are sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for others' things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So when the seed of salvation or the seed of faith is sown, but choked out by riches, it produces no fruit. That's why the love of money is evil because it chokes out the truth. It chokes out the gospel in us. So the love of money is evil because it inhibits the ability to grow spiritually. Okay. Further, how does it choke out the word? Because you can't serve two masters. If you're serving money, you will be distracted and only serve money. This is best shown in Luke 16, 13. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. It's the love of money that allows money to become a master over you that chokes out the truth and leads to evil. So this is the connection that started to make sense of all these verses for me. All these verses I had heard growing up, but putting them all in order here is what provided the answer for me. It's difficult for a rich man to enter heaven because he loves the money. The money chokes out truth because it becomes the master. So if we start at the beginning there and flip it, we make sure that the master we serve is God. Then we're not serving money. It won't choke out truth, but truth will prosper in us. We won't love the money. 
and we will be enter we will be able to enter into heaven through faith in Jesus and the money will all be just a, a thing on the side that we receive as a blessing and we use to bless others but doesn't become a master and doesn't doesn't choke out the truth in us so from all of this we can see clearly it's all about the heart it's not about the money itself yeah we talked about how it can be a huge distraction. It can be vanity. It can be an idol. But if our heart is in the right place, then it won't. So what are we supposed to do? The disciples asked the same question. When Jesus said, it's harder for a rich man to enter heaven than a camel through the eye of the needle, they said, well, then how can anyone be saved? And Jesus said, because all things are possible through God. So that's the answer. It's all about giving our heart to God, making God our master and following him, not money. So Psalm 62 verse 10 says, if riches increase, set not your heart on them. Don't set your heart on money, set your heart on God. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 says, do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Keep your heart set on God. Keep your treasure in God. And then we will not be victim to all the temptations of money as an idol, as vanity, that choke out the truth, that become our master, and that prevent us from entering into the glory of God when we die. I'm going to go on a little sidebar here with this verse. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Because this verse really has two meanings, or at least can be applied in two ways. The first is, keep our heart set on the right thing, and our treasure will follow. If our heart is set on God, we're going to use our money for the glory of God. But it can also go the other way. The things that we spend our money on are also the things that will take root in our heart. If we're spending our money on things of the world then things of the world will become our treasure and our heart will be set on them. But if we're spending our money on things for the Lord, like giving to your church or giving to other charities or blessing other people or spending money, taking your spouse out on a date, these things will actually direct your heart to where they go. So when I take my wife out to dinner and spend a little bit of money on dinner, that actually is it's putting my treasure into that relationship, which actually can lead my heart further into that relationship. I think the primary application of this verse is the first way, set your heart in the right place and then your treasure will follow. But it's important, like I said, on this little sidebar to just remember that where your treasure goes, your heart will follow as well. Okay. Getting back on track. First Timothy chapter six, verse 17 through 19 says, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, and to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of what is truly life. There's the answer, the sum of all of this stuff that we're talking about. Set your hopes not on riches, but on God. God provides everything that we need and he provides it for us to enjoy. So we need to not be focused on the money, but be focused on doing good to be rich, not in money, but be rich in good works to be generous and ready to share. 
And then we're storing up a fortune in heaven. We're storing up a fortune for God, not for ourselves. I know it's crazy to start off a podcast on money, talking about how money is worthless and we need to not set our hearts on it. But it's a very, very important first step in understanding money in the biblical way. We are going to cover everything that money can do. We are going to cover the incredible blessings that God gives us and how to use them, how to bless others, how to give, how to spend, saving, all those things. We're going to talk about all of that, but we need to first put money in its place. It does not have power over you. It does not control you. It is not your master. God is your master. God is your savior. Follow him. All of this is very important, but it only comes after our faith in Jesus. Okay, let's wrap it up here. Money is an exchange of value. You can't take it with you when you die. It can't save you from judgment. It can't buy anything spiritual. It's an idol and it's vanity. Set your hope on God, not on your money. Therefore, it won't become your master. You won't love the money. It won't choke out the truth in you. And it won't be like the rich man who's unable to pass through the eye of a needle to get into heaven. So before we go any further, make sure your heart is in the right place. Our heart is on God and not on our money. And with that, we can move forward and dig into what money is, what money can do, and how God wants us to use it. I can't wait to dig into all that. For more from Money on a Mission, make sure to subscribe so you get the new episodes as they launch. Also, if you think it's worth it, add a rating. The more five-star ratings we get, the more people we can impact with this message. Next, head to the website, moneyonamissionpodcast.com. You'll find show notes with all these verses we talked about and a place to enter your email so you can join the newsletter. Third, I would really love to engage with you on Instagram. My username is Ned Kingman. Like and comment on the posts and shoot me a direct message if you have any questions or topics you'd like on the show. Finally, most importantly, please share this podcast. I'm going to keep asking you guys every time. If you've gotten any value out of this episode or you think this podcast can provide value to anyone you know, hit the share button in your podcast app, text this episode to a friend, or send them a link to the website so they can join the newsletter too. Let's work together to make sure we can impact as many people as possible and change the way our generation manages money. I hope and I pray that you've been blessed through this episode. I can't wait to see you next time. Until then, glorify God, love others, and always manage your money on a mission.